Hey guys, this is Ray Peoples. I'm the campus pastor at New City Church in Merriam, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and special thanks in advance to those of you who give generously to New City. You're the ones that make this ministry possible. And to partner with New City, click the link in the description below. I hope this message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. And if it does, don't forget to subscribe, share it on social media, and send it to your friends. Enjoy the message. Several people ask me, how do I connect at New City? All right, and you may have heard Libby talk about it there in our kind of our greeting time. Uh, but one of the great ways for you to connect is through our city groups, okay? And we have city groups coming up in the next couple weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Definitely get that app, okay? Because that's going to be your place and your chance to begin connecting with other folks, all right? And getting to know people, as we call it around here, making church friends, okay? And so that's what we hope for you is that you'll get to get connected and get to know some folks and, man, do life with other people around you, okay? Uh, and then also, I'm excited to share with you that at the end of the month, we're going to be doing kind of an outreach to our community, all right? And we're going to be hosting a trunk or treat here on our property, all right? And the idea is that we're going to be careful with social distancing and different things like that, but we're also still going to minister to our community and love on the folks right here around us, Okay? And so there's a couple ways that you can sign up. You can go to the app, all right, and you're like, man, I don't even have a smartphone. Okay, then you can stop by our Welcome Center, and you can sign up for that, all right? Let us know that you want to be a part of that, maybe decorate your trunk and all that fun stuff, okay? But it's going to be a great time, and we're going to love on our neighborhood. Sound good? Yeah? yeah? I think it's going to be awesome, and so I'm looking forward to it. All right, well, let's jump into our text this morning. Uh, we are continuing in a series we're calling Say What?, and the idea behind this series is kind of fun, right? In Mark chapter 7 and Mark chapter 8, Jesus makes these statements, okay? And he makes these statements that kind of make us go, do what? Like, did he really just say that, right? And so a couple different things that happened in that. Uh, Mark chapter 7, he starts talking about using the restroom. Yes, Jesus in the Bible talks about using the restroom. And then last week, he talks about uh, calling, or he calls a woman a dog. Like, wait, what? He does what? Right? And so we walked through that and we clarified that. And so now, this week, we're going to talk about something that I love. Bread. Anybody love bread? Anybody fellow bread lovers in the room? Yes? Like, it doesn't matter what kind of bread. I love bread. Bread, And the thing is, like, I think the perfect sandwich is made by the perfect bread. It doesn't really matter what's on it, right? It has all, it has everything to do with the bread. Like, we don't go to Italian restaurants unless you get free bread, right? And those are the best places to go, aren't they? Because, yeah, give me the free bread. It's better than bread, right? And so this morning, Jesus talks about bread. Now, here's the thing. You're like, why is that a say what statement? Or why does that make us go, okay, wait, do what? Because here's what happens in this moment. Are you ready? I'm going to go slow so that it makes sense, but it's not going to make sense just to give you a heads up. All right. So here it is. The disciples have forgotten some bread, but they had some bread. And then Jesus starts talking about bread, but he doesn't really have bread and doesn't mean real bread when he's talking about the bread. All right, you tracking yet? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, well, here we go. Then he talks about the bread that he has had and has given. 
Okay? And then in that, he talks about the bread they don't have right now, but they're going to need bread. Okay? So, again, do what? Right? And so we see in this moment that the disciples are pretty confused. They're like, we're not really sure what you're talking about, but cool. Right? And so this morning, we're going to kind of walk through that and begin to decipher that out. All right? So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 8, and we're going to be in verse 11. Now, here's the thing that has just happened that we are going to kind of skip over for a moment is that Jesus has just fed 4,000. Now, you might remember a couple weeks ago, he fed 5,000, right? And in Mark's account, he has another moment where Jesus feeds 4,000. And so he has fed multiple large groups of people, all right? He has done this miracle of taking small amounts of bread and giving it to large amounts of people. And so then, here he comes back into Galilee where he has been teaching in verse 11. Here's what it says. It says, the Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, him being Jesus, demanding from him a sign from heaven to test him. But sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, why does this generation demand a sign? I assure you, no sign will be given to this generation. Then he left them, got on board the boat again, and went to the other side. Now here's where the bread comes in, verse 14. They had forgotten to take bread and had only one loaf with them in the boat. Then he commanded them, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. And they were discussing among themselves that they did not have any bread. Right? So there they are. Aware of this, he said to them, why are you discussing that you do not have any bread? Don't you understand or comprehend? Is your heart hardened? Do you have eyes and not see? And do you have ears and not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of pieces of bread did you collect? Twelve, they told him. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of pieces of bread did you collect? Seven, they said. And he said to them, don't you understand yet? Like, do you get it? Right? And so let me pray for us, and then we'll continue on this morning. Father, we just give this time to you. And Lord, may your words speak to us and speak truth into our lives. And as we're going to see in these next few moments, hard hearts resist you and your word. Lord, I pray that our hearts be open to you. Lord, I pray that our ears and our eyes be open to see and hear the things that you have for us, even this morning, and what we experience in your word. And so, Lord, we just give this time to you. May it be sweet. And we praise you in your son's name. Amen. All right. So as we pick up here in verse 11, okay, Jesus has been teaching over in the area of Tyre and Sidon. Okay? A Gentile region, and now he's moving back to where he's really been teaching and healing and doing a lot of things. He comes back into Galilee, or the region of Galilee. And so as he steps in, what he finds, as soon as he gets off the boat, is that the Pharisees are standing there. And in Matthew's account of this same story, he says not only the Pharisees are there, but the Sadducees are there as well. And so what he's got is the teachers of the law and the priest of the time standing before him, demanding a sign, asking of him, we need a sign. And not just a sign, but in fact, they desire a sign from heaven, right? Like, we need something more before we're going to believe in who you are and the things you're teaching. 
And so they kind of put these stipulations on Jesus of like, we've got to see this happen. We've got to see this go down before we're going to trust that you truly are the Messiah that you say you are. Now, you might know somebody like this. Or you might be this person, right? That Jesus has worked in someone's life on multiple occasions, multiple times, but yet they still need one more thing for Jesus to do before they can acknowledge fully who he is. That's where the Pharisees are. They're like, we can't trust you yet. We can't believe you are who you say you are. We need one more sign. But here's what Jesus, or how Jesus responds. And it's probably not what they expected because he's done all these other healings and all these other miracles. But he says this. He turns, he turns from them and walks away. And in that, he says, no sign will be given. Like, nope, we're done. Right? We're done. But here's the funny thing is this. So many things Jesus has already done that they haven't accepted. Right? That they can't step into. And so here they are, and he steps away. And so him and his disciples jump back in the boat. Like, okay, Pharisees, I'm done with you. We're just going to head back this way. And so they get on the boat, and in a rush, kind of, right? And so in this rush, the disciples are like, whoa, wait, we didn't stay here long enough to get any bread or any food. Like, we don't have any provisions. But yet they head out into the sea, the Sea of Galilee, and they're headed over across and back to the city of Bethsaida. And so here they go, right? And they don't have any bread. But then Jesus says this as they're moving across. He says this. He says, watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. Beware of it. Now, I love bread, right? We already established that. I love bread. But here's the thing. I've never in my life made a loaf of bread. I just enjoy what other people make. But I do know that yeast plays a very important part in the process of making bread, right? Because when the yeast gets in the batter, what happens? It starts to rise, it starts to expand, and it turns into that beautiful loaf of bread. And he's saying, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Now, here's the interesting thing. Like, Jesus is good with words, right? We see that often. But here, he points to and shares with his disciples exactly what they're thinking. They're concerned about the bread. We don't have bread. But he relates to them and to the bread. Because he says, look, the bread and the yeast, right? Like all those things go together. And so he brings the conversation in to what they're already thinking. But he gives them this warning. And this warning about the teachings of the Pharisees. Look, don't let it spread. Beware of that yeast. Because they are taking the law and twisting it from what it truly is. So don't let them run with it. Be aware of it. And be aware of the teachings of Herod and what he's trying to do as well. Be aware of the yeast. Don't let it spread. But then we find the disciples in verse 16, they say this. They were discussing among themselves that they didn't have any bread. So here's Jesus with this profound statement, right? Beware. We don't, we don't have any bread. He's talking about bread, but we don't have any we don't have any bread. And my wife's a teacher. I've shared that with you before. And she's doing this virtual learning, right? And she shared multiple stories of kids on the screen who are in class, but they're really not in class, right? Like, I don't know if you've seen, there's one video going around on Facebook, and there's a kid, like, bouncing on a bed, right? But he's supposed to be in class, 
Like he's not, he's in a whole different world, right? That's what's happening here with the disciples. They're in a whole different world. They're concerned about the physical provision of the bread. And they're like, we don't have bread. But Jesus is trying to speak into their lives, right? And he's trying to get them to understand. And so then he turns the conversation to now teaching them something a little bit different. And so here's what it says, or here's what happens. Look, he basically says, it's not about the bread. Like, take your mind off the bread. It's not about the physical thing that you're worried about that you need. It's really about the spiritual things that I'm about to show you and the things that I want to teach you. And so, like I said, Matthew has the same account of this story in Matthew chapter 16. And look at Matthew's response or how Jesus responds to his disciples in verse 8. Aware of this, aware of what? That they're worried about the bread, right? Like they're, they're freaking out about the bread. Aware of this, Jesus said, you of little faith. Ouch. Why are you discussing among yourselves that you don't have bread? Don't you understand yet? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you collected? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many large baskets you collected? Why is it that you don't understand then when I tell you, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that it wasn't about the bread? But then he goes on. They understood that he did not tell them to beware of the yeast and the bread, but of the teachings of the Pharisees and and the Sadducees. You see, here's the thing about Jesus. It's never about the bread. It's never about the physical need. Right? Now, oftentimes he addresses the physical need. Someone needs to walk. Someone needs to see. Someone needs bread. Someone needs fed. Sure, he takes care of the provision, but the provision is always followed with the spiritual need. You need me. Right? And so he's saying here for the disciples, look, you have been spending all this time with me and you're still concerned about the bread. In fact, we just fed 4,000 people with seven loaves and you're concerned still about the bread. No, it's not about the bread. It's about the spiritual peace for them. And what he wants to show them, right? It's not about that. And so we look at that and we go, man, the disciples, like their lack of belief, their lack of trusting in who Jesus is. I mean, they've spent every day with him, right? And they're still struggling with this. But here's the thing. In this account, we see really kind of, we're going to call them barriers to belief this morning, all right? So if you're taking notes, here's kind of the, the first barrier that we see in this story. It's a hardness of heart. A hardness of heart. And we see that with the Pharisees and the Sadducees more than we do the disciples. Now, Jesus is going to address their hardness of heart in his questions that he's going to ask them. But he starts with the Pharisees and this hardness of heart. Right? We demand a sign. We need it. And we're not going to believe until we see it. Now, here's the thing. I don't know much about your spiritual relationship. We got a lot of new folks that I haven't gotten to know yet, right? But you may be sitting in here this morning with a hard heart. And a hard heart towards one of two things, either Jesus or the church. Like your heart is hard. Because why? Well, maybe somebody's burned you in the church. Or you've had a bad church experience, right? Or maybe with even the Lord himself, something has happened in your life that was hard. 
or it didn't go down like you thought it would, or you've experienced a loss in some capacity, right? And you may be sitting there this morning with a hard, hard heart that's not allowing the things of Jesus to move into your life, to step in and to speak to you. But here's the thing I want to encourage you in this morning is this. Allow your heart to be open. Allow your heart to be softened, because what we see here in the scriptures is this. Look, if it's hard for too long, then the Lord is just going to let you be. Because what happens there? Why does this generation demand a sign? I assure you, no sign will be given. Doesn't mean he leaves you, right? Scripture says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But it does mean, hey, if you need to go check that out for a little bit, go ahead. He lets you make the decision, right? And so our hearts can remain hard to what he's asking us to do. And so the Pharisees and Sadducees, their heart is so hard that they won't allow the things of Jesus and all these miracles he's doing to penetrate into their hearts and into their lives. So maybe your heart is hardened today. The second one is this, kind of barrier for belief that we see here with the disciples is a dullness of the heart. Right, a dullness, like they have lost the luster, if you will, of who they're sitting with. Like they're sitting with Jesus, but they still are having a hard time trusting what he is saying. They're having a hard time hearing what he is saying, right? Because what he's saying is, look, don't be concerned about the bread. It's not about the bread. But it's about what I want to show you and teach you here in this moment. And so he tries to refocus their hearts onto what Jesus is saying to them. And he wants to realign and refocus your heart to what he's saying to you. But what does he say to them? He says, beware of, beware of the teaching of the Pharisees, right? Because it's not right and it's not righteous. Don't focus on the physical. Now, here's the thing. Man, if we're honest this morning, there's a lot of things right now going on that we can focus on besides Jesus. And a lot of those things that we can focus on can bring a lot of worry, can bring a lot of concern, right? Can bring even frustration. Like, we can get focused on those things. I mean, we got politics, we got social injustice, we got health, we got health crisis. Did I mention politics? Like, we got November, we got the bomb coming, right? Like, all these things. But here's the thing. Don't forget Jesus in the midst of those. Right? Don't forget Jesus in the midst of those. And don't forget listening to him and what he's asking you to do. How he's speaking in your life. Let's not forget it. Let's not allow our hearts to grow dull. Now, here's the thing. As he's talking to the disciples, okay, he shares with them some questions. And he asks them some questions. Like, when I'm reading through the Gospels, I like to put myself in the position of whoever, right? So for this example, the disciples. Would I, sitting in the boat, realize he ain't talking about bread? Right? Like, there's this moment here. But in that, as Jesus is trying to refocus them, he gives them some questions. And he asks them these questions. And I think we can ask ourselves these questions this morning, all right? So if you're taking notes... Here's our first question that he kind of brings to them and says, hey, think about this. All right. So verse 17, he says this. It says, aware of this. Aware of what? Again, they're concerned about the bread. They're not concerned about the spiritual things he's speaking about. So aware of this, he said to them, why are you discussing that you don't have any bread? Like, Why are you stuck on that? 
And why are you so concerned about that? So what's the question for us this morning? What are you concerned about right now? Like what is heavy on your heart? What is burdening you? For the disciples, it was, whoops, we forgot bread. Now he's talking about yeast, so he's got to be talking about how we forgot the bread. Now we're in trouble, right? Like, they just go down this wormhole of like, oh, no, bread, right? But here's the thing. He's going, no, no, quit worrying about the bread. Don't be concerned about the bread. Listen to me. Now, again, more than likely there's something that's worrying you. There's something that's burdening you. There's something that's holding you down. Here's what I want to speak into that for just a moment. That is a lie that you're believing. It's a lie that you're believing. And it's a lie that you're allowing to grow into your heart. And it might be because you're not listening to him and what he desires. You're too distracted by the physical. You're too distracted by the concern. So allow him then to speak into that concern, to speak into that worry. And here is where we find truth that goes up against that worry and that concern. What would you just point to? I pointed to scripture. Scripture, his word to us, and allowing that to speak into our lives. So, what is the concern? The next one is this. He asked him, don't you understand or comprehend? Don't you understand or comprehend? How often have you gone to Scripture and you're like, okay, I'm going to pursue what the Lord wants to share with me, right? And you jump into Scripture and you go, what the heck does that mean? He's talking about bread. He's talking about yeast. I'm lost. I'm confused, right? Well, this is going to sound like uh, an advertisement. But man, city groups are a place for you to plug in. Because what we're going to be doing, studying Scripture together. Right? We're going to be shoulder to shoulder, walking through his word and seeing what he's saying to us. But so often we can jump in and go, well, I feel like the Lord's speaking to me. And then I see it or I read it and I go, well, I mean, if, it, if that was more clear, I'd understand it. But at the same time, he's asking the disciples, don't you understand? Like, don't you comprehend what I'm trying to share with you and what I want you to grasp here and what I want you to know? And then he asked him this next question. And this is kind of a, a little, you know, poke the bear here for a moment. Because he says, is your heart hardened? Now, who did we just talk about had hard hearts? Pharisees and Sadducees. Are you in the same boat as them? No pun intended. Are you in the same boat as them? Like, are you requiring one more sign from me before you'll truly trust and believe that it's not about the bread? It's not about the physical. It's not about the provision. Do you need one more? Right? And so is your heart hard? But then he adds the second part and he says, do you have eyes and not see? And do you have ears and not hear? Because here's what can happen even for us as followers and believers of Jesus, is that we can slip into a place that for a season or a time we have a hard heart. And we can even move to a place that we feel a little bit of shame about that. Like, oh man, I just don't know. Right? But here's the thing that happens in that or what that looks like. One of two things. We are struggling with repentance or we're struggling with allowing him to speak into our life. That's how we harden our hearts towards the Lord. We're struggling with repentance or we're struggling with allowing him to speak into our lives. We read something in scripture and we go, oh, that's going to require maybe a little change. I don't know that I like that. But what are we doing? We're hardening our hearts towards him. We're not allowing him to move in our lives and speak in our lives. And here's the next piece is this, is that we have become 
an unrepentant generation. Like a generation that doesn't accept what we have done. What we have let out on. It's always somebody else's fault, right? Always somebody else's fault. But oftentimes, if we truly evaluated it, it is our hearts. And I don't say that to make you feel bad. It's just the truth of where we are. So when we allow our hearts to be softened, we go, whoa, there might be something going on in my life that needs to change. We allow him in, and we allow him to speak. So Paul, at the end of Acts, he goes to Rome, and in Rome, he is starting to speak to and share with the Romans this, this message of Jesus, right? And they're not getting it. Like, they don't want to receive it. They don't want to hear it. They have hard hearts against what he is sharing. And look how he describes them in the scripture in verse uh, 27 of Acts chapter 28. He says this. He says, you will listen and listen, yet you will never understand. And you will look and look, yet never perceive. For the hearts of these people have grown callous. What's their heart done? Their heart has grown hard. We don't want any of that, right? We don't want any of that, but then their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise, here's the flip side, they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, but then there's more. It keeps going, look, and be converted, and I will heal them. In other words, they're going to experience Jesus. Going to allow him to move in their lives. Their ears are going to be open. Their eyes are going to be open. They're going to allow him to move. But where does it go? To the heart. It's going to understand with the heart. And then the heart is going to be changed. It's going to be soft. It's not going to be hard. It's going to be soft. It's going to allow him to speak. So he's ultimately asking his disciples, like, is this you? Like, is your heart hard? Are you demanding from me one more sign? Do I need to take this one loaf and multiply it for the 12 of us, right? Or the 13 of us? Like, what do you need from me? Is your heart hard? But then it continues on. And he says this to kind of wrap it up. He says, do you not remember? Is your heart hard and do you not remember? Now, again, the crazy thing is, in Mark's account here, they've just fed 4,000 people. Like, fresh, fresh out of it. Do you not remember? Like, were you not there yesterday when we did this thing, right? Like, we took some bread, we fed a lot of people. You weren't there? Do you remember? And then he gives them those examples, right? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of pieces of bread did you collect? Twelve. When I broke the seven loaves for 4,000, how many large baskets full of bread did you collect? Seven. Remember what I've done. It had nothing to do with the bread. That was easy for me, right? So quit worrying about the bread and please listen. But here's something great for us this morning is this. If we can remember what God has done for us in the past, we might be able to understand what he's trying to do with us in the future. Right? If we can look back and go, wow, the Lord has done this, this, and this in my life. Man, I'm sure he can handle this thing. I'm sure he's got it. He's not going to drop me in the middle of it, right? He has me. He's with me. But we need to allow our hearts to be soft to allow him to do that. And you might look back at your past and go, hey, I, I guess he was there. And I made some crazy mistakes and I made some crazy decisions. Guess what? Yeah, he was there. 
And he's still there, and he's ready to work in your heart and in your life. And you may be in a place that you feel uh, ashamed. You may feel hurt. You may feel loneliness, right? Like you feel like you aren't good enough. I don't know that the Lord would ever love me. No, he loves you. He loves you. In this moment, it was, guess what? Look back. I broke loaves and I fed many, right? For us today, it's I broke my body and I gave my life for you. Remember what I did for you. That's how much I love you. And that's how much I care for you. And then there's like this light bulb moment for the disciples. Like, they get it. Oh, he has nothing to do with bread. He's not mad. He wants us to be aware of the teachings, the unrighteous teachings of the Pharisees. And he wants us to move in that. He wants us to speak in that. But here's the even cooler thing. Man, and this is a moment where you're like, go Jesus, yeah. But he gets off the boat, right? He has brought his disciples now to seeing clearly. This is what you want from me. And he gets off the boat, and who's there? A blind man. And what does he do? He heals the blind man. You need one more sign? Cool. Here you go. I don't know if that made that sound any good. <laughs> but you need to see? Okay. Disciples can see clearly now what I want them to do. Blind man can see. Here it is. This is who I am. And he gives them that final little affirmation, right? This final affirmation. So this morning, maybe you're in one of three places kind of this morning. Right? Maybe you're in this place that you feel like, man, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, my relationship with Jesus, I feel like my heart is being softened. I'm allowing him to move in my life, right? I'm, I'm, be, I'm open to his word and what he's, he's speaking into my life. But here's the other two places that you might be this morning is maybe your heart is hard. Like you're in this place that your heart is just hard. Here's my prayer for you this morning and even this week is that the Lord will soften it. That you'll allow him to soften it. That you'll allow him to break in. Right? That you'll allow him to move in your life. If that requires forgiveness for someone, like your hard heart towards the church and you need to go and ask for forgiveness from someone, man, I encourage you and I pray that the Lord gives you boldness to go to that person and ask for that forgiveness. It ain't going to be easy. But maybe that's what he's asking you to do. Step into it. Step into it. And the next piece is this. Maybe your heart's grown dull today, right? Like you've been in a season that hadn't been going great. Things haven't been well. And you're, you've just lost the luster, if you will, of who the Lord is. Again today, I pray that you'll reflect on the things that he's done for you. And the things that he's brought you through. Because so often when we look back on those things, man, again, we can look to the future and say, he's got it. He's got it. And he is with me. But also this, that your ears are open and you allow him to speak. And that your eyes are open and you see and you're looking for the things of Jesus and what he wants to do in your life. Right? Let me pray for us and we'll continue on. The band's going to come up. And Lord, I just pray in these next few moments. Lord, if our heart is heavy today, I pray that we just be encouraged by your love for us and the fact that you are willing to give up your life for us. 
And today, if our hearts are hard, Lord, I pray that we allow you in today. Lord, I pray that you, we allow you to soften and shape and mold our hearts to be more like you. Not to be more like the person next to us. Not to be more like our grandmother that was in church every Sunday. But Lord, to be more like you. May you shape our hearts in the way that you so desire. And Lord, if we're going through a season right now where maybe there is a dullness to our faith and our trust and our understanding of you and who you are, Lord, I pray that we will allow you to begin to polish that out of our lives. And Lord, that we will see you work even in the small things this week. The provisions that you offer. And Lord, we might be in a place right now that we're saying, you know what? I don't have this, this, and this, and I need this, this, and this so that I can make it through this next week. Lord, I pray that someone will come around that person and provide for them. Lord, that you will work through that and show them that you are true, that you are loving, that you are caring and compassionate, and Lord, you are good. So in these next few moments, Lord, may we just lay our hearts before you and allow you to speak into it. May we come with open ears open eyes. And Lord, as this song often says, I'm sorry, Lord, I pray that we be sorry. But yet we begin to move closer to you. So we give these next few moments to you. May your Holy Spirit speak to us. May we be encouraged. May we be strengthened and may we be brightened in these next few moments. Lord, we love you and we praise you in your Son's name. So what we're going to ask you to do is stand here in this next few minutes. The band's going to lead us through this next song. And man, I just pray that it will resonate in your heart, right? Resonate in your heart and allow the Lord to speak to you. Here we go. Well, thanks for joining us today. And thank you for supporting New City Church's ministry. If this inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking the link in the description. Or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more information. Have a great day.
Hey guys, this is Ray Peoples. I'm the campus pastor at New City Church in Miriam, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and special thanks in advance to those of you who give generously to New City. You're the ones that make this ministry possible. And to partner with New City, click the link in the description below. I hope this message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. And if it does, don't forget to subscribe, share it on social media, and send it to your friends. Enjoy the message.